CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's time to talk with Don Cash about your money and your life. And we've got a good content uh, show, good show show's worth of content. Let me try that again. We've got some good content on the show this week to talk with you about. Um, government bonds are have been downgraded. And so let's talk about what that means. What does it mean to us, right? So Don always bring us, bringing us some good and, and some different content here to go through on the show. So as always, if you've got questions or concerns, make sure you reach out to Don at DonaldCash.com. That's DonaldCash.com to have a conversation with him about your unique situation. And, you know, the summer is uh, moving fast. It's it's uh, we're into August at the time we're doing this podcast here and Labor Day's around the corner. So uh, stuff's going on, Don. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Yeah, you're right, Mark. I mean, once like uh, July 31st hits, which is our anniversary, by the way, Nice. <laughs> uh, it seems like, boom, we're like on a fast track to the end of summer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but August and September, at least here in New Jersey, are really, I think, the best weather months. The nights are getting cooler. The humidity drops compared to June and July. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had some rough weather, you know, some hot and humid days and nights, but it's gotten really nice lately. Yeah. yeah at the time we're taping this, we just had a pretty violent path of storms come across the um, the southeast a little bit, hit a bunch of states, actually, and we didn't lose any, any we lost power for a while, had a, had a couple of trees come down, but nothing too major. But you and I were chatting before we got rolling, uh, your air conditioner went on the fritz uh, during the heat, right? Yeah, actually, uh, that was tough. I, I mean, bet. we just ins- we installed a new system a few years ago, and we had like limited uh, air conditioning for a week. It was like eighty percent failed. Yeah, right. So we have two units, one upstairs and one downstairs. Oh, the, the course, mini split type thing, right? Yep. And yep. the the upstairs one failed. That's the one that you know needs the most uh, air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> right, because heat because the- heat rises, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But here's the good news, and this is good news. The parts were under warranty. I was mentioning we were talking before the show was that I, I thought that the, uh, the the system was three years old. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of yep. myself, and I said to the repairman, isn't there like a five-year warranty on this thing? So he says, yeah, I think there is. So he looks back at his records, and he said, yeah, actually, it was uh, installed six years ago. Yep. Right? yep. You lost it in the COVID hole, right? The- Yep, that's what you called it, right? You called it the COVID hole, the yeah, COVID memory I, hole. I do it all the time. We, we, My wife and I are talking about something and go, hey, remember when we did this? This was X number of years ago. And we go look and we're like, almost every time it's lost, we've lost three years, right? And basically since 2020, you kind of lose that. There's at least two years in there where we kind of go, oh, God, that was that was already three years ago or five or six or whatever the item was you're talking about. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like 2017. Apparently the parts were under warranty. Good news. It was actually a 10 year warranty. Yeah. Not a five, which is great. So mm-hmm. we're covered. I had to pay about $1,500 for the labor. But the good news is a more good news. The part arrived the next day, which Ooh. I was surprised. Yeah. And that tells me something about the supply chain shortage mark that we've been had over the past three years. I think if this happened last year, I think I would be out of air conditioner for a while. You would. Actually, that is what happened to mine. Uh, the blower went out on mine last year, but it went out in the spring, thankfully, before it got real hot. And so, therefore, I didn't have to worry about it. But it took them like four weeks to get the part in. You know, mm. so yeah, you definitely got lucky there, especially during the heat wave that we have been going through. So good deal there. And of course, in August, you know, it's very hot. Obviously, it's uh, usually the hottest time of the year all around the country. And on August 1st, Don, we had uh, the uh, the rating agency, the Fitch, 
downgraded the U.S. debt from its top-rated AAA down a notch to AA+. This is the second time that this has happened. Oddly enough, wasn't it August the prior time that this happened? Exactly. It was August uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, the Standard & Poor's downgraded the U.S. Treasury debt uh, from AAA to AA+. So what does this mean? Why is it happening? What's going on? Break this down for us, please. Yeah, it's interesting. It seemed like, at least to me, and I'm sure you observed this too, it was a bigger deal in 2011 than now, right? From like a big it, story it, Yeah, it did. For, oh, yeah. Well, now they've got so many other big stories they want to run, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But it's very true. So here's the big picture. There are three private uh, rating agencies, right? Okay. Fitch, Moody's, Standard & Poor's. Okay. They provide ratings of the credit worthiness of debt issuances, everything from foreign nations and municipalities and corporations kind of as a, a tool, right? For investors. Okay. And the ratings are supposed to tell you how like solid the debt is, right? So the ratings generally range from a high of triple A, that's the highest, all the way down to D, right? That was like right above failing in school, right? D, that was a like, you don't want to be in D. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, anything below triple B is often considered to be non-investment grade. That's a fancy name for junk. Mm, right? Okay, Junk right. bond. Yeah. So anything below triple B is junk bond. Right now, the only agency that gives the U.S. debt a triple A rating is Moody's, right? Both Fitch and Standard & Poor's have dropped it one notch. Hmm. Yeah, and that's... It's, I don't know. It just seems weird. It seems like when this happened the the prior time, it was like you said, it was a big deal. It seemed like it shook the markets, if memory serves. Uh, and it doesn't seem like this was the case at all this time. Yeah. So the question is, like, what's the difference, right? Yeah, you know, right. And it, it seems like, you know, whenever anything happens for the first time, it's kind of a shock to the system. True. Right. Uh, and there was always this assumption that the government would never lose its AAA rating. Right. So it opened up a lot of questions back then. It's like, uh, am I going to get my money back right? if I lend it to the government? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the value of my bond going to go down? Is the value of my 401k or IRA or stocks going to go down? Right. So I, I think now, since it happened 12 years ago and it wasn't like the calamity that we thought it would be, the markets are kind of shrugging it off a bit. I mean, the S&P 500 is down about 2%. Or so, but it, it's not like the earthquake it was 12 yeah. years ago. You know, it's funny. It's a weird thing because whenever I saw this and I mentioned it, and it's kind of like it was like this weird kind of pride thing. Like this shouldn't, you know, why, you know, why is our company, <laughs> our country, being knocked down a notch, right? And maybe it goes back to me. Used to, I used to own, um, you know, a restaurant, and you had the food grade, you had the the health board score, and anytime anything happened, you got dinged. It was like I took it really personally, right? It's like, wait, what? We missed what? You know, and I wanted to fix that right away. And uh, I don't know why this kind of hit me in that same kind of feeling. So uh, that aside, why do you think this has happened to us again? What's going on? Do you do you feel like there's going to be more downgrades that we could slip even further? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think you're right. If people, you know, kind of take this personal. Like, this is our country. Exactly. We should, always, like we should be AAA for everything. We're always top tier, right? Yeah. And, and still, it's down one notch. So it's still very, very high. Right. But this is what it was said in 2011 when Standard & Poor's lowered the rate. I looked this up today. So it said back then, we lowered the our long-term rating on the U.S. because we believe that the prolonged controversy over raising the debt ceiling, there was a bit, big oh, debt ceiling yeah. fight back then, okay. and the fiscal policy debate indicate that further near-term progress containing the growth in spending, especially on entitlements, doesn't look good. 
Okay. That's a lot of fanciness. Yeah. So keep in mind back then that the national debt in 2011 was $14 trillion. Now it's $32 trillion. <laughs> right. Right. So just think about that. So they went on to say that an agreement on raising taxes is less likely than when we previously assumed and will remain a contentious issue. Right. Hmm. We also believe that the fiscal consolidation agreed to this week, like the budget that they agreed yeah, to, sure. falls short of the amount that we think is necessary to stabilize the general government debt, the burden by the middle of the decade. So they're basically saying that the government expenses are rising too fast compared to income from taxes and that the debt's growing too fast compared to the GDP. GDP is just a fancy term for our total national production. Right. So what was, you know, what happened to the U.S. financial markets in 2011 until now? We we had, you know, for overall, we had a pretty darn good run, right? Yeah, that that's what's ironic, right? With all the ups and downs of the rising debt, which is, the rising debt's been pretty much straight up, right? right? Well, our GDP, uh, we talked about this before, didn't we, Don, where our GDP now, uh, the percentage to GDP versus what it was on the prior time is totally different, too. So that, that does kind of factor in, but anyway. Right. Yeah, right. Now our debt is higher than the GDP. Right, right, right. Back then, our debt was lower right. than the GDP. So we produced more than we had in debt, mm -hmm. right? So with all the ups and downs we talked about in the past 12 years with election drama and wars and COVID and all the other things we've gone through, the S&P 500 has actually gone up an average of 12% per year, <laughs> right? So the value is quadrupled since 2011. So if you had a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, in uh, you know the large U.S. stocks, right. the S and P 500 or Dow Jones, right, you'd have four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, just wild, <laughs> just just wild. So, uh, what about the U.S. Treasury value? Now, did that go down? That's also ironic, right? The value also went up, even with a downgrade. <laughs> right. So the value of that, of the bonds, the treasury bonds went up and the interest rate actually went down after 2011. Again, it's just exactly the opposite of what was predicted back then. Well, it's almost as weird as the, the you know, the, the market in 2022 and the bond market, the stock market and the bond market both having bad years. That usually doesn't happen. Right. So it's, we've had just a lot of weird things uh, that often, I guess, don't. You don't find them running together, if you will. And it just seems a bit confusing to people. So help us understand this. Yeah. So here's the deal. When you think about lending money to a person, right, or a bank, right, right. in the form of a CD, because that's what you're doing when you buy a CD, you're lending money to the bank, or even to the U.S. government with a treasury bond. It gets back to that old Will Rogers saying, and he said, I'm more interested in the return of my investment than the return on my right, investment. Right, right. Didn't he also say, if you want to double your money, fold it over and stick it back in your pocket? Yeah, something, something like, like that. It's been great fantastic. sayings on yeah. double your money. Yeah. Or speaking of restaurants, I heard it saying, if you want a million dollars in the restaurant business, start with two. Oh yeah, that's that's same for musicians. As a musician, that's all. How do you want to be? How do you want to be a millionaire a musician? Start by being like a, a multi millionaire. <laughs> you just exactly. lose money. Yeah, exactly. So this is Will Rogers saying, I want I want my money back. Right. That's more important than, you know, getting five percent of my money, right? Mm -hmm. So the average investor or professional asset manager simply they they believe they're gonna get the money back they lend to the government. Okay. Right. Right. 
And keep in mind, of course, the government actually prints our money, so that's a big factor. It helps. Right, right. They can actually print more money. So look, you know, the national debt has increased, as I mentioned, from fourteen trillion to thirty-two trillion dollars yeah, over the it's like an unimaginable amount of money. Oh yeah, the numbers over are the crazy. Past, yeah. Yeah, huge. Over the past twelve years. Huge problem. There's no doubt. Uh there's been a second downgrade. That's not good. The reason's basically the same as 2011. The logic is the same. There's too much spending, not enough tax income. And the difference is every year is the annual deficit. It just simply adds to the total national debt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not good. And the question is, is what does that mean to us as investors and savers? Yeah, that is the big question, right? We can't just shrug this all off like it's no big deal, right? I think one of the lessons learned is don't think just because that the debt was downgraded, this means that something else is going to go up in value, right? So A doesn't actually lead to B, mm, right? Okay. Example? So back in, yeah. Back in 2011, people were rushing into gold. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Right? And I remember back then I was attending a seminar in the in New York Stock Exchange at that time, and the price of gold was $1,800 an ounce. Okay. So the so-called experts were saying it's going to three thousand or four or five thousand an ounce due to the huge deficit, the downgrade, and the weak dollar. Yeah, right? which we hear every time the dollar's going, you know, down. So buy gold, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the price of gold today is about two thousand dollars an ounce. Oh, so it's not much not more much than it more, was. Yeah. And it's kind of just gone up to two thousand. So not to, a couple of months ago, it was eighteen hundred. The, the same as it was uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, if you look at gold historically, it doesn't really move a lot, right? Look, it's great for jewelry, (laughs) (laughs) not for investing. Well, you know, you just mentioned your anniversary was a couple weeks ago. We had talked about that. Mine's actually tomorrow at the taping of this, so I'll I'll take that advice from from the show, and I'll I'll roll with that. There you go. Yep, yep. Tell your spouse, great for jewelry, not investing. So it's barely budged, basically. Right, exactly. So ironically, tomorrow I have another seminar at the New York Stock Exchange, so We'll see what the experts are saying, and you know we'll take it in, of course. But you know, often the move is to sometimes do the opposite, right? Right. And the lesson is simply don't speculate, don't put your eggs in one basket, right? Spread your investments around and simply diversify. Yeah, you know, your grandmama said that to you. I know mine did. Don't put your eggs in one basket. She was a smart lady. All of grandmoms are smart ladies, right? So do, you know, don't do that. And obviously that's why you need to talk with a professional because there is a lot of the stuff that goes on that gets us, you know, all kinds of confused and whatnot. So if you, again, if you need some help understanding this or how it might affect you or like anything we talk about on the podcast, you always want to see how it affects your specific situation and not just our show, any other thing that you're hearing, you know, from talking heads or uh, big shows or little shows or no matter what it is, or even water cooler talk, you always want to see how it's going to affect your unique specific situation. And that's where Don can certainly help you. If you're not already working with him, reach out to him at donaldcash.com. He is a CPA and a CFP, again, at donaldcash.com. So Moody's didn't do the downgrade to the U.S. debt this time, Don, as you were saying, but they did downgrade the credit rating of 10 banks. So what does that mean? Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that really didn't uh, splash too big across the headlines, but mm-hmm. that's a great question. So, you know, keep in mind that if you think, hey, I, 
I'll just invest, you know, in CDs, right, with a bank or or right. real estate, and I'll avoid all this stuff. Okay. It won't really affect me. You're really totally wrong, right? There have been over 500 bank failures since 2009. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, I saw when we had the what was the um, the the thing out in California earlier this year. The uh, the F F T Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley yeah. thing, yeah, and it was like, oh, people are making a big deal about the bank failures, and it's like, there's, and I looked it up, it's like, there's been a ton. It's mind boggling, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have a CD or four hundred one k, of course, IRA or real estate, it all affects you. Mm-hmm. You can't say I'm going to put my money here; it won't affect, it right? Won't affect me. So I'll give you an example of a banking issue. Okay. Right? When it comes to banking, there are really four what they call too big to fail banks. Yes. Yeah. It simply means that they're so tied into the government mark, right? They won't be allowed to fail. Right, right. right. And they're and the four banks are Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, and Citibank. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And there's a there's a bunch just below that level as well that are you know very solid, mm-hmm. uh, but they're you know not those top four. However, there's actually five thousand banks. Oh, in yeah. this country. There's one and that many, opened up around the corner from us. I've never never heard of it in my life. It's something like silly, like dog and flower or something like that. It was is like, that right? Yeah. Just and I was like, what? So yeah, so there's a five thousand and one. There you go. <laughs> and, and many of them are are you know, local banks like the one you just mentioned. Yeah. Dog and flower. That's right. where we live, right? Right. And these are often the ones, Mark, that are offering these high short term CDs. Mm. Right. Okay. You don't typically get these high rates from these top four banks, right? These too big to fail banks. They don't need to, right? They're uh-huh. getting all this money flowing in there because of the Will Rogers saying, I'm more interested in the return of my investment. Right, so, right. Because typically the bank is making, you know, they're taking that, your money right then, right, for the CD and they're using that for something else. That's how they're kind of keeping the whole thing flowing. And to your point, they don't need that as, lo- as much as the smaller banks do. Right. So the local banks, they often lend money to develop and, and improve local real estate, sure. for example. Makes sense. So down the street from where I live, there's a new development, about 10 houses okay. that broke ground about four years ago. And they still haven't built all the houses due to these supply chain shortages, right? Mm. And the rising cost of lumber and all the issues they've had with building homes. So if the developer can't deliver on building the home for the the original agreed upon price or the real estate market goes south in value, the bank's on the hook for the loan, mm-hmm. right? And keep in mind that the bank may have made the loan in 2019 to the developer at 4%. Now they have to pay 5% in CDs, right? And the current rate for a developer might be 8% or more mm. to borrow money. So that could be an issue. And that's the worry that some of these rating agencies have over banks. Is this similar to some of the problem like with office buildings and shopping malls? You know, we've been seeing tons of reach. I mean, I know there's other things going on around the country with crime and things of that nature too, but just you've seen a lot of brick and mortar since COVID, you know, falling under. No doubt about it. I mean, I know where the the office that I, I have in Red Bank, it's still not even close to how it was occupied four years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many more people working at home and they don't want to go back. Um, of course, there's more people going back to the office. People are working from home more than ever. It's probably going to stick to some extent, right? Right. And, yeah, are, and retails, retail stores really hit hard, clearly, here. So Retail, for sure, yeah. was hit. Shopping malls hit. So, like, I'm not saying that the bank is going bust. Okay. But I think the lesson gets back to diversification, right? Not trying to pick sectors 
that you think are going to do better or sticking all of your money in bank products. So getting back to 2011, when the debt was downgraded, people thought the market would crash. Mm -hmm. Interest rates would shoot up. Gold would be a great investment. And like I mentioned, the opposite happened. Okay. So with all of that, which is a lot to take in, I get, but where do we go from here? So, you know, going back from 2011, we saw what happened. Nothing mm -hmm. horrible, right? With the U.S. large company stocks and bonds. And however, CDs and gold were terrible investment at the time. It may be completely different this time. And that may be largely due to the fact that tax rates have been historically low, right? And they're actually lower now than they were in 2011. Right. And keep in mind what the rating, the, those rating agencies said. In, as it relate, relates to lowering the, the ratings, the expenditures are too high compared to tax revenue. Sure. So there's more pressure than ever in Washington to raise taxes. There's $32 trillion in debt, and there's over $40 trillion in retirement accounts like your IRA and your 401k and your pensions. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're considering that as your factor in your planning. And if you have a million dollars or more in your IRA or 401k, just know that you have a giant bullseye on the, the account because you have not paid taxes on that money. Oh, yeah. And the biggest beneficiary may not be the family, but the IRS. I think we mentioned last time the saying that the IRA is an IOU to the IRS. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's scary. You know what? It is. Make yeah. sure you know what the tax bill looks like and of course, we take that into consideration and plan around that to help people reduce the tax hit and take the burden off the family. So, of course, the other wild card that's come up in the past year in terms of planning is that spike of inflation. So you really have to know how that specifically is going to impact your family. I think we should talk about that maybe even on the next show. Yeah, not a bad idea. I mean, I know the numbers have come down, uh, you know, at least the official numbers have come down as far as inflation, but talk to anybody, it's still hitting them very hard in different places. So certainly some good content, great content to talk about this week as always on the show. Uh, I think we've got some links and things as well we're going to put up in the show notes for folks to check out. Um, along with the topic that we were talking about this week. So again, if you've got some questions, concerns, comments, things you need to do uh, to get started, whether it's a first opinion, second opinion, or you know whatever the case might be, you got to reach out and talk to qualified professionals. Uh, find one in your area, or just reach out to Don if you're checking out this podcast. You know, so he helps people all over the place. So you can find him very easily online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Again, don't forget he is a CPA and a CFP. So. Uh, he certainly has the the, the credentials and the resources here uh, to help folks out with their questions and concerns. So again, get on his calendar, have a conversation, donaldcash.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show uh, if you enjoy the content on whatever podcasting app you like using. Apple, Google, Spotify is the big three. Uh, and you can simply type in your money and your life, or again, you can find it all at his website. Don, thanks for hanging out and a great topic. Thanks for breaking some of this down for us. Thanks, Mark. As always, I appreciate your time and we will catch you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Don't forget to hit subscribe and we'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.